Welcome to That's Marketing Baby, the weekly show where two marketing besties talk all things marketing in the world of B2B and B2C. I'm your co-host, Susan Winograd, and I've spent over 20 years in marketing focusing on paid media and email marketing. And I'm Jess Cook, copywriter and creative director turned content marketer. Every week, we'll tackle a topic that's on our minds and hopefully yours too. Ready? Let's go. That's Marketing Baby is brought to you by Aircule. Aircule is an agency that helps small content teams get control of their SEO, analytics, and content strategy. Susan and I have both worked with the Aircule team. They're amazing. They're super smart, and their free app, Atimo, tells you what content is performing, what isn't, and what to work on next. My favorite feature are knowing what pages are my wallflowers. These are pages with good engagement that aren't getting much traffic. Then I can figure out what to do next. Check it out at otimo.cool. That's O-T-T-I-M-O dot C-O-O-L. And now on to the show. Hello, listeners. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Welcome back to episode 12 of That's Marketing, Baby. Here we are. We're in spring. Yes, it's lovely. Even here in Michigan, it's starting to look don't say it. Don't say it. I Let know. Us know. Please do not say it. <laughs> okay, we'll just move on. We're really excited about this topic today, something that we have definitely some experience behind and have done together. So yes. this is a good one. We wanted to share our, our thoughts with you. And today's topic is how to make your brand look big with limited resources. So small team, limited media budget, like how are you making it feel like to your audience, you're just everywhere. I always feel like one of my favorite, one of my favorite compliments that I always get is like, whoa, that that's, you only have, you know, four people or, yeah. you know, it's just <laughs> you or people get really like, wow, they just can't believe that. And, and that's a huge compliment. Cause it's like, yeah, we're like cranking stuff out. We're making, you know, ourselves look like a much bigger brand. And that that's a really, really exciting thing to hear. So, Hey, by the way, yeah, I'm here with you, my amazing co-host, and I should have done this already. Susan, <laughs> what a grad. Hi everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We get excited about our topics. Yes. Yes. And I'm Jess Cook. And we are very excited about this topic today. So how do you want to do this? Is you want me to like jump in? You want to go yeah, back I think what I think would make sense is for you to start and then we can kind of kick it back and forth in our normal style. So if you want to take one piece of this first and then I'll follow up with kind of the media equivalent of it. I think one of the things that Jess and I were talking about before we started recording was that limited resources mean different things for different departments. So yeah. for something like content where you have to generate a lot of stuff, it's a very heavy lift. That's a different animals and like on the media side where a lot of times at startups or smaller places, it really is one person that does the media. You don't have multiple people. So it's not so much a limited people resource kind of thing. It could just be that you have a limited budget or that you have limited creative. So it's equal types of limitations, but just spread differently by department. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. So All right. You start. Okay, I will. I will begin. And I I love this one. I'm so excited about this. And I'm sorry, Gen Z, you might not know what I'm even talking about here, but you're going to have to Google it because I'm not changing the name. (laughs) So the first tip is for content. You have limited bandwidth. You're never going to have enough people on a content team to do everything you want to do. But the first tip that I have is to follow the MacGyver rule. Use the things around you to make something awesome and put it out there. So by that, I mean like there are stories everywhere and you just have to kind of like find them. 
customer success might throw out an interesting stat in Slack. And like that could be the thing that sparks an entire series of videos. You could hear on a customer call that you jumped into Gong and listened to a customer say something that like, oh man, I never thought about it that way. And I think we really could use like a how-to guide on that. So I think there are things everywhere that you can find. Just like MacGyver used to take like some duct tape and a toothpaste. <laughs> Google MacGyver. He used to do some really cool things. <laughs> duct tape and toothpicks and get his way out of every situation. You know, I think when you do that, you don't have to have a huge budget or a ton of people. You can be pretty scrappy and you can find those stories that are kind of there and create something around them. So I think on the media side, there's one that's actually a pretty straight line between what you just said and where oh. I'm going. But I think one of the things that I run into a lot is just limited budgets, right? Especially in like the B2B world, you could spend $8 bajillion. On, that's a technical yeah. term, by the way, yes. $8 bajillion on something like LinkedIn. But I think so many places get overwhelmed with, you know, we have a limited budget. So how do we know where to start? And somewhat related to what you just said was, you know, start with the things that already are there. And that's usually why I tell people start with Google ads first. And, you know, assuming that it makes sense. I mean, obviously, I could do a whole episode on problems you run into trying to do this. So we are oversimplifying here. However, there's certainly, you know, if there's already search happening for things, there's already demand. So you could try and go off and play the long game with a small budget of trying to, you know, do demand creation, which if you have not listened to our episode on that, you absolutely should. Pause now. Go back. Yeah, go back. <laughs> but if there's search already happening, try and capitalize on what's already there. You definitely have to create demand too, but that is a much longer prospect. So I would say along those same lines is just start with what's there do your keyword research, test out some stuff, see what people are searching for in the the space that you're working in to begin with before you go off and try and create a whole bunch of brand awareness from scratch. That's very hard to do with a small budget. It's getting harder too in some ways because the way the platforms are moving into being a little more black boxy and kind of saying, hey, just give us you know your desired outcome and all the assets and we'll handle the rest. You're not as involved in a lot of the specific targeting as you used to be. So search is still one of those places where you have a lot of specific targeting options based on what someone's doing. So along the lines of what Jess is saying, start with the things that you have there and pick those things out. Same thing goes for where you spend your budget first is just pick up everything you can that actually works for you in paid search before you move on to other platforms. I love that. This is, I guess, semi-related, but something I saw that kind of seems like so simple and obvious, but really blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, we should be doing that. I saw somebody say, look at the paid keyword terms that are like doing the best for you mm -hmm. yeah. and start writing organic content around them because yeah. then you can, you know, hopefully at some point you can like stop paying for those terms, right? Like I think I thought that was such a smart idea and just like something I hadn't thought of before. Usually in my brain, my small pea-sized content brain, when I start thinking about media, it's like <laughs> the two are like totally separate and they shall never meet. And like, we're always going to pay for paid keywords and organic is always going to be organic. But like there is a world where you can learn some things from that page yes. side too. And again, finding, hey, MacGyver rule, right? Like, yeah. hey, I know that this paid keyword does really, really well for us. It's our top performer. So let's create some organic content around that and maybe alleviate some of that paid effort. Yeah. And shout out to my very good friend, Gatano Denardi, my my SEO buddy, brother from another mother. He and I have, that's something that we've always done. We've worked together several times, both at companies and then in, on consulting projects. And that's something that we do pretty religiously is we'll just reach out to each other and say, you know, what are you seeing? What are you 
you know, and well, and it's kind of cross pollination. I mean, I'll ask him what he's seeing in the organic world, and he'll come back to me and ask how things are doing on the paid side. And it helps a lot. I mean, it, it definitely makes you kind of feel less alone and like you're trying to make these decisions in a vacuum of just yeah. like the tools say people are searching for this, but I don't know if it's actually what they mean, or I don't know, you know, if we can really service that search all that well, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, the more communication you have in that realm, the better. Awesome. Love it. All right. Uh, another tip for making yourself look much larger than you are on the content side is to repurpose more than you create. So I see so many marketers get this backwards where they're just like churning out new content constantly and think that like that's how they're going to get ahead. Really, that's just a one-way ticket to like burn out Landia. And so what you really want to do is like invest in like four really awesome, meaty, huge exciting pieces of content a year. Like that's one a quarter. And then repurpose those through the whole quarter. Find all kinds of ways to like chop them up, put them out into social, use them in your newsletter, use them to fuel your podcast so that you're kind of telling the same story, but in different formats. And you can take those podcast clips and repurpose those, right? Like don't feel like you have to always create, 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 create because your brain will just melt. Like you will just not be able to do it, especially if you have a small team. If, you know, we're talking about limited resources, if you are one of these teams that, you know, you are one person or maybe five, you're just not going to be able to do it always trying to create new content. And that's also how people maybe start to either forget or unsure. This is how it makes your message really muddied to the market. Like if you're always creating new content, you're not necessarily always saying the same things. And so people maybe start to wonder like, what is it that you stand for? But if you're creating just a handful of pieces of great content and cutting them up and saying the same things over and over and over in just slightly different ways because you're repurposing, that message is going to be so much clearer for your audience. That's really key on the media side too, actually. I think there's this constant pressure to media people of like, you have to keep putting out new stuff. You have to keep testing, 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 testing. And while that's true to an extent, to your point, if you're testing a whole bunch of stuff that looks different all the time or doesn't sound the same, or it's 8,000 different topics, you're going to run into the same issue. And usually what I will tell, I tend to be, I've meant, said this a billion times before, but I tend to be a 30,000 foot person where I kind of scan the landscape first and then figure out what to actually focus on because my poor ADD adult brain cannot <laughs> cannot manage 800 details at once. So it's kind of more of a, a cheat code for myself than anything. But typically, you know, I will say, okay, pick you know, three to five content topics that you know that you're probably going to write about pretty consistently and test first just to see what actually gets interest. Yeah. Because then at that point, if you find that it's, and you and I have run into this before where it's like, there were certain topics that like, no matter what we did, people just were not interested in them. Like the metrics on them weren't good. People were just not even clicking on anything. They weren't engaging. So if you can find those two to three things that you see consistently do well, you're better off finding those two to three things and then testing those 18 different ways because you're still saying the same stuff, right? So it's kind of like, that's when you can start getting, but I mean, there are so many places that they'll be like, we're going to test, you know, 10 different content topics and we're going to have three different creatives for each. And I'm like, you are not going to learn anything, especially if you're in B2B, it's, you're not going to get enough data. So you can't go overboard trying to learn all the things at once. You have to do it a little sequentially. I would say that's also the feedback loop piece is what is actually working. And that was something that you and I communicated about religiously, where I'd be like, this thing is doing amazing. 
amazing. We need more of this. Or it's like, look, I have tried, we've tried like four different blog posts on this and like no one clicks on it. They are just not interested. Yeah. And then that way it saves you trouble from having to create multiple versions of something. If you know like, hey, we have to create this thing, but it's really just for prospects or it's really, you know, it's like it's not something that's going to run in ads. Then you kind of start to know what to look out for and what's going to make sense to cut up into ads that I could use. Yeah, absolutely. The communication is key. Yes. Teamwork makes the dream work. (laughs) All right. Last thing I had on the content side. So I think one thing I see content marketers do is like, especially early on in their careers, is like think that they need to be in all of the channels. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Just to have, we have to have a presence in Facebook. We have to have a presence in Twitter. We ha- Oh, TikTok. People are killing it on TikTok. We got to get in there, right? GT reviews. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We, yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh. Right? And, and LinkedIn, like our audience is on LinkedIn. I think something really, really important to remember, especially if you're a small team and you're trying to make your brand look bigger than it is, which aren't we all, is really to focus on staying consistent in the right channel yeah. Parentheses S channels. And by that I mean like maybe try not to get that parentheses S. Like try to just stay in the one that works really, really well for you. So yeah. for Lasso, that's LinkedIn. We are like a power LinkedIn poster. Every once in a while, if it is like all I need to do is one click in HubSpot to like also schedule it in Facebook and it makes sense, I'll do it. Yeah. But I'm really focused on LinkedIn because I just know that that is where we get like the most engagement, the greatest shares, tons of discussion around our content. And in the other places, not so much, right? And so I'm not going to spend my time just trying to look like we have a presence there mm-hmm. just to have a presence there. Like it's not worth it to me. So it's funny because it's kind of backwards. It seems like if you're trying to make yourself look bigger, you want to you know, be in all of the places, but really you just want to be in the one where your audience is the most all mm-hmm. the time, right? Yeah. So really just like lessen the scope, but like increase the velocity and and the volume that you're putting out there. Yes. And the the same really does go for media. Like it's interesting how aligned a lot of these are, but (laughs) I see the same problem. Like I mentioned before, you'll have brands that they don't have that big of a budget and they're going, where should I be? I need to spend everywhere. And I think there's also, you run into this perception on the media side of where you're supposed to be and what these channels are supposed to do. The other piece of this also is just learn what each channel is good for. So that's not to say, and you and I encountered this where LinkedIn did well for us, but it was very expensive. Mm-hmm. And Facebook did well for us, but you it was very cheap. So you get a lot more waste, but it was yeah. so much cheaper that it didn't matter. So you you can't, you know, if you looked at it just straight off the top, you'd be going, oh, well, you know, Facebook had all these amazing leads and they drove so many high volume, but make sure you're looking at your actual business KPIs to make those decisions rather than just the surface level stuff. Because if you looked at it, you would say, oh, well, LinkedIn's like so much more expensive and it's not worth it. But when you looked at all the way through the sales funnel and the quality at the top of what came through and what those people did, that makes a huge difference, right? So it's like you have to start backing those costs into what's happening further down the line when it's not something that's just like an easy commitment, like, oh, sure, I'll sign up for a newsletter. How many of those actually become prospects? How many of them talk to sales? Like go a step or two deeper and you'll probably learn a lot about what these channels actually tend to do well for you. And one of the things that we had found was that newsletter signups did terribly on LinkedIn for us. They didn't work at all. They did fantastic on Facebook. But if we wanted to book demos, those did well on LinkedIn. They didn't do well on Facebook. So 
you have to do, and that might come from, again, sequentially testing. You might not have the budget to say, I'm going to test all the things on all these channels. But if you can focus on what it is you want to learn, you know, and that's something that you and I have talked about a lot with testing is don't go into trying to learn something without being specific about what you want to learn. Otherwise, you'll spend a whole bunch of money just being like, oh, I just want to learn something. And you're not going to learn anything, right? You'll yeah. be like, okay, I just spent $10,000 and I don't know, like everything just was kind of all over the place and I didn't learn anything. Yeah. So I think that's kind of key and very much relates to what you were saying, where it's like, figure out, don't feel like you have to do the same thing in every channel and spend all this money. Take some time to figure out what pieces they do well. And then it's so much easier to allocate your budget because then you can look at it and say, okay, we know we're not going to spend any of our newsletter sign up money on LinkedIn because it didn't work for us. So that's Facebook's job, right? We're looking at book demos, that's LinkedIn's job. So you kind of figure out their jobs and what they're good at. And that, you know, that way you maximize what media spend you do have. I love that so much. That's Thank it, you. everyone. You're welcome. <laughs> Lovely. Thank so you. well explained. I try. I've been doing it a few years now. But, <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's it. There this you go. Is, this Tiny is how, team. Yeah. Moves. That's, <laughs> I was going to say, that's how you take the Mario mushroom and you grow, Here grow, grow. Analogy. Here comes the Jess analogy. It's coming. <laughs> really into Mario lately. He's having a comeback and I'm really proud of him. So Me too. just wanted to bring it in here. Yeah, underdogs. That's it. Short and sweet this week, y'all. Yeah, that was it for this week. And uh, stay tuned for next week where we have lucky number 13. Ooh, that is my lucky number, actually, by the way. Oh, boy. All right. Well, you're going to have to make it a good one. The pressure's on. I know. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. We will see you next time. That's marketing, baby. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of That's Marketing, Baby. Like what you heard? Please give us some love with a review. And don't forget to hop into our community list at thatsmarketingbaby.com to get more helpful tips, resources, and thoughts from us. See you next week.